ideas eventually to become a uh, a sort of a Switzerland when it comes to mobile market data that people can just trust us. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shots of Purpose. Hey. Hello there. Today, um, we've been gone for quite a while, but we're, we're back with a bang because today we have a uh, another special episode with a special guest. Um, so I'm just going to dive right in. Hello, Schurt. Hello. Hello. Um, nice of you to be here. Yeah, no problem. It was only a one-hour drive. <laughs> only a one-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, I think you're actually the first guest out of Eindhoven to yep. uh, to appear on this to appear. Is that a thing, Brian? To appear uh, sure. in soundwise yeah. to appear on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for coming. Happy to be here. Um, we're expanding. We're, we are expanding. Shots of purpose. We're reaching expanding. out. Yeah. Yes. So Lorenzstadt. Well, <laughs> the rent stat. <laughs> Looking at where we're sitting, I think we're reaching our limit quite fast now. It's uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> Are you complaining? Okay. No, no, I'm not. Um, but I, so, just for the listeners, yeah. um, if you don't mind, Short, who are you, and what do you do? Uh, well, I'm Short. Uh, I come from um, from Utrecht, actually from Zeist. I work in Utrecht at a company called App Annie, uh, which is a company that sells uh, market intelligence data to companies that want to base their decisions on data and not on intuition. Hmm. Um, yeah, I am a dad. Uh, my second kid, uh, uh, my son, <laughs> can be born any minute. Nice. So uh, very exciting. Uh, maybe I uh, I have to run. Uh, let's see uh, uh, wow. where it goes. And I've been designing for, um, yeah, about 16 years now. 16 years. Cool. We're kind of uh, okay. Hold on. Before we continue, yeah, okay. Let's say hi to Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, host. Hi. Hey, hi. hey everyone. Because we usually start off by saying everyone's here. Uh, Tom is here as well. Hello there. You probably well heard back him again. Song. Back again. Back again. I've been out for a while. Have you? Oh well, holiday, being sick here and there, but we're back. We're Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and me, Yost. I'm here. Hello. Hey, Yost. Um, okay, let's continue. Sure. Because you said you've been doing this for 16 years. What did you What did you study? Did you study in uh, design? Wow, um, not design. No. Um, today, I think you even have UX design as a yeah as yep. a study or as a minor or as a program. Like yeah, yeah, program. Um, I studied uh, media technology. Uh, huh. What was basically information hmm. studies. Uh, I learned uh, programming, uh, math. Uh, more coding, Damn. Uh, project management, some tools, and I I did nothing with it. But I, 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 le- <laughs> the, the, I don't agree. Yeah, there was the time that the first three D three D animations um, were released right. uh, by Pixar, like the first Toy Story, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then I thought, I, I want to do this stuff. This is awesome. Nice. And I just self taught three uh, uh, D, and I became, oh, became nice. a three D animator, and that was also my first uh, first job. Wow, oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah. What program did you use for that? Uh, I started programs? with 3D Max and, and some nice. some other tools for real-time 3D um, uh, development. Uh, yeah. And later on, I uh, worked with Maya. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maya. But then you also had Rhino in between, I think. Or is that something completely different? That's something completely different. It's a rendering That's an animal. Thing. <laughs> no! <laughs> what? In my eyes, ancient Rhino was stuff. like a rendering tool, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> completely. The tone has been set. Whoa, shit. Bazinga. Here I went. One remark from Shoot and I went into complete self-doubt mode. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> oh, poor Tommy. And then basically, after 3D, it was uh, 3D animations that that one uh, the customers wanted those animations to appear on the web so a website was built uh, then uh, the loading times has had to be faster so these animations actually disappeared before i know it i was creating websites oh wow and then these websites had to appear on mobile phones mobile websites and from there uh, onto mobile apps that's uh damn cuz cool. you you i've 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 done my homework you have quite <laughs> the extensive portfolio like company wise on your Actual portfolio because there's there's a bank on there, ABN for those in the in the know, Philips, Dutch Railways, Ascent, Simio, lots of stuff. What did you do at all those companies? Was that all app design or? Uh, no, 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 not all app design. So uh, a lot of these companies that are uh, that are on there, uh, I was a UX consultant. 
Huh. Um, so actually, I was there for a couple of months doing a project. And often that was more strategy related than designing an actual touch point. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, agency side, consultancy side, and client side, I've, uh, I've seen it all. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Nice. And, and, and now you're, you're basically, yeah, what's your role now for w- within AppAny? Um, yeah, it's called UX director. Fancy title for a UX manager uh, <laughs> position. Um, uh, and, b- and besides that, I also am the director of the Dutch office uh, of AppAny. So I have a, yeah, a slightly wider leadership position than just design. Um, I also take care of things like uh, culture, uh, team processes, um, wow, cool. how we do agile development. I'm, I'm involved in a lot. And, and I also like that to uh, yeah, basically widen your skill set, uh, because I'm just too old to, to deepen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nice. Yeah, we were talking earlier about the future of UX. I, I feel like that's one of the places where a lot of people could, that's a, it's a great opportunity for UXers to, if if they're, the technologies that they're working with or whatever are starting to be phased out or their jobs starting to get an, automated, then you can start working with people. Just learn how to do change management, how to deal with politics, how to uh, understand culture and put in company cultures it's incredibly exciting what you're doing now yeah yeah cool. you're you're right yeah well, i think it's exciting i don't know if you feel like it's exciting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's it's super exciting yeah you're you're completely right i think uh <clears throat> having the skill sets basically your your secondary competences besides design mm-hmm. uh, stakeholder management pre- uh, presenting uh, politics these things uh, if, if you learn that if you train these muscles then that goes a long way and it will it will always be there, no matter what kind of technology we have to design for. Nice. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned earlier that you were working with teams in other countries, like China. I think was one of the countries. Correct. So, um, I'm curious about that because I'm extremely interested in remote working and working at, like distributed teams and that kind of thing. Uh, how would you describe that? Like, what was it? What What is it? Or was it like for you? Are you still doing it now? Uh, I'm still working with with teams in in uh, in China, especially okay. in Beijing. Uh, I'm not actively managing designers there at the moment. Um, yeah, what the the whole key is to 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 work uh, distributed mm-hmm. is to have a clear focus and and clear goal. Um, so so that's why we always work in themes that we that we change over over quarter, and these themes can hold several projects or initiatives, etc. But uh, creating these themes with with their own vision and their own yeah reason to exist basically yeah, um, yeah creates yeah razor sharp focus for the teams and then it doesn't matter which language you speak or yeah. where you come from um, yeah we're talking about the same thing and then That's how dope. we get there we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Huh. Could you describe the themes concept a little bit more just because I'm not familiar with that? It sounds really interesting. Um. Yeah, it's, it's 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 slightly higher level than, for instance, epics in in, in agile development. Ah, uh, okay. It's basically where you create a a just an overarching uh, umbrella, so to say, mm-hmm. um, where you can fit in a, a, a couple of initiatives on like strategic themes. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So, for instance, uh, to to also. Um, make it less special than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> a, a theme could, for instance, be sustainability nice. or, or legal compliance. That could be a theme. And then Very under, important. Under those themes, you have several projects, initiatives, etc. Sounds special to me. It is special. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, like, what's the biggest challenge when you're trying to create a clear focus across oceans and thousands of kilometers Ooh. away? It's it's simply communication. That is the the key thing in working together. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're uh, at the same in the same office or if you are distributed. Um, it's the ability to understand each other, and that is harder. Mm. Um, Good uh, point. Man. Harder than you think, especially <laughs> if you have to communicate with somebody from China. Um, yes, they can speak English, but they have different. Uh, values and different, uh, different right. completely different culture. So the context in in what what they speak in which they speak is completely different. Mm-hmm. So their yes, for instance, is is more a polite thing to say as as an answer. But uh, here in the Netherlands, if you say yes, then you're absolutely one hundred percent sure that that it is a yes. Right. So you have to 
um, keep that in mind. And then when some somebody says yes, then you say, are you absolutely sure? Huh. It doesn't matter when it's a no. Can you let's let's think about it a little little bit further? And then mm. and then you. Yeah, well, you you basically discuss it again and again, and then you you validate that yes, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yes. funny. It's fu- wow. it, it is indeed funny. I recognize what you say. So basically, what what people say in Asia, as I as I can, yeah, basically, yeah, you can recap it. Is yes, I've heard you, but I, it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with what you're saying. Exactly, right? yeah. and it's also t- that it's also their way to be polite. Yeah, right? social so, lubricant. Yes. Wow. And in the U.S., you also you have different ways of yeah. You also you come from the U.S., mm. so you you know people there also communicate uh, in a different tone. And and here in the Netherlands, we're very direct. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it saves a lot of time. Huh. Oh Something God, that I you, do too. That you must like. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like saving time, but in the U.S., it's it's more like a, a prepping or. Uh, Uh, or fluffing uh, a project uh, or getting people in a mindset and then Mm -hmm. later, right, come come to the point and Mm -hmm. I like to go direct. Right, yeah, yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then it became super silent (laughs) and everyone was watching Brian because we were talking about lubricant. (laughs) Social lubricant. Click. Super, super fluffy <laughs> shit, ramping up for putting people in the right context yes. situation, and we were all looking at Brian like, "You're the you're, you're the American guy here." <laughs> I also don't know if I answered your question. No, you absolutely did. Yeah, thanks. It was a cool example of, of um, the the yes thing. The, the yes, yes thing? isn't always right. a yes, depending on where you go, where you are, where it come, where you're coming from, and uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I'm actually. Because we talked about this earlier in the in the pre-show, let's say preparation, but the pre-show, would, I would love for the you fluffing. to recount oh, the fluffing. Indeed. Yeah, the yeah. fluffing. <laughs> Cut it out with the fluffing, guys. <laughs> what kind of show do you think this is anyway? It's <laughs> audio. Let's look behind the curtain. ASMR. <laughs> 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 We're getting there. Don't, don't get. <laughs> Future right. of UX. The pre-show. <laughs> you sex. Um. So, <laughs> could you please tell the story of? How this particular episode came to be. Why are you here now? Wow. I love it. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, I'm uh, addicted to uh, timelines. Huh. And not so much social timelines, but more timelines in, on Medium or on, on LinkedIn or mm-hmm. stuff that is more related to design or to, to business in general. And uh, there I saw a uh, post uh, from you, Brian, <laughs> where um, you commented on uh, a dialogue that happened on the site. Basically, there was a company that valued their users' privacy, uh, and and then to con- in in order to continue, then they needed all kinds of information and and uh, consent from you, and you d- immediately deleted the website and your account on that <laughs> website, and uh, you said bye, uh, which which was a joke, and 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 and. Uh, with with a nice cynic undertone, yeah. But actually, I thought, yeah, this company actually made an effort to their end users to be transparent and say, hey, guys, uh, we want to do the right thing. Therefore, I need your consent, guys, before we have to, before we continue. Right, the way that mm. companies have to work right now. And then from there, we, uh, yeah, we embarked on a uh, comment uh, spree back and forth where we. Uh, actually came to the conclusion that we were completely aligned on the subject ah. and uh yeah from there uh, you invited me yeah thank hey, you you're already agreeing <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not I, so i don't think we got so far as to agree oh. i think we, we both have the same underlying philosophy like you know privacy is good and we need to respect people's privacy um but you work at a company that's all about market research and market data and app analytics and uh, I come a little bit more from an ideological perspective, and they don't necessarily need to conflict, but I think there's some nuance that can be given into situations like this. Like, where where is it actually consent, and what is good intention, and what is just being uh, compliant with the law, and that kind of stuff. Um, so basically, we were we were having a very civil conversation. It wasn't mm, one yes, of these like public, so. it wasn't one of these YouTube like comment flame oh, wars right, where yeah, it was yeah. like people you're stupid and fuck you. And no, <laughs> Brian just thinks that the world's coming to an end if we don't start paying attention to privacy in a, in a well, better I mean, way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> either way. I mean, yeah. So I'm really happy that we now have someone in the room that says 
at least a company made an effort and he's like no no I'm gonna unsubscribe <laughs> okay goodbye uh, fuck you I'm, I'm gonna get out, of, get out of this shit and that's like his basic response when it comes to privacy and goes wrong so it's really funny that we now have someone that looks at it from a more positive side like hey guys these guys just tried to be transparent yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's that's what I, I was hoping to um, maybe take some, a little bit of time not the whole time of our podcast but to like have a discussion around that what do you mean we have two hours what? I'm kidding. He's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Everyone listening is just like, wait a second, hold Until on. Until the baby is born. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to be on the bike that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um... Oh, that's probably also a good thing. When when people listen to this, and mm-hmm. we've had like 16 or 17 episodes now, what do you think of the time that we use? So most of the time, it's about an hour. It's like, sometimes it shifts over to like one an hour, one, an hour and 15 minutes or something, or sometimes they're a little bit shorter. But what do you think? Should we go and aim for like 45 minutes or should we keep them at an hour um yeah let us know know. oh well we have a twitter account and you could hit us up at shots of twitter Uh, what shots of twitter (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to do this next time no you're gonna you're you're gonna be able to hit us up at shots of purpose and otherwise you can drop us an email at sop at purposedesign.nl wow back to the show brian take it away (laughs) (laughs) okay so just um just to go back to what you mentioned a moment ago um, so basically a company is telling me in their, either their privacy, their full privacy notice or the short form privacy notice, like we value your privacy. Here are all the things that we're going to collect from you. Um, I understand where you're coming from where you say, well, at least they're being transparent and they're trying to tell me what I'm, what they're going to collect. But I am asking then why does this particular company for this particular service because it was something very, very small and banal. They didn't need everything that they, I didn't feel like they needed all that stuff. And like my birthday and all this kind of thing. I'm like, why do you people need all of this? And that's where I had a little bit of the reaction, like, okay, screw this. I don't, I don't need your, your service isn't so meaningful to me that I'm going to give all this up. Yeah. But um, I mean, I'm super curious to hear what you'd like. No, yeah, I I fully agree. Only, only ask for data that you're actually going to use and also provide value back in return. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I do fully, fully agree on that. Um, I think that you uh, s- a lot of, a lot of companies are, are being legal compliant and then this thing becomes very dry and annoying, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so you have to actually do an extra step and, and, and we are basically, you call it like transparency or, or more like humanistic design where you mm-hmm. really think like, what do people think of this and what do I need to give them in order in order for them to make an educated uh, decision on this consent, right? right. So, so and, and that's where, where it becomes interesting for us as designers, I think. Awesome. Yo, so you wanted to say something. You, you well, made no, a noise. I, well, I was interested because you said that, <laughs> that you fully agree, um, but I was wondering, like, how does it work in practice? Because mm. you can agree. Agreement? Or? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> no, because you, you agree with, like, um, uh, to, to, have, to not collect, uh, okay, so... I think it sounded like you personally agreed with Brian's statement yes. about collecting the only the data that you need and then providing value in return for that. But how does that work in practice? Is uh, it the same? Yeah, in in, in practice, um, you 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 need to follow law. So so in in GDPR, uh, in in that law, it says that you can only collect data. Um, if you, if you also provide value back in return, hmm. uh, right? So, so you you collect the minimum necessary uh, in order to uh, run your business or to provide value, right? Um, and and that is uh, people need need to take that exact. So if they want to collect extra information to to do ad targeting, for instance, mm-hmm. that might be the case. Yeah, then I think that that is that is not a good thing. Like, yeah, uh, um, and still you need to. Look at this case by case. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I think it's difficult. I haven't. I haven't seen the website. I only saw your comment. No, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. But I, so I. I just also know this because as, as a, um, a designer. So I've I've worked in client side, <laughs> agency side, and now I'm freelance. I've worked with a bunch of different like different clients and different projects on different like value propositions, and <clears throat> it's. I feel like I, it's almost like a recurring nightmare, but it's happening in my real life where I have this debate with a, a marketing person who wants to, like we're, we're creating a, an onboarding flow or sign in flow or whatever. And they're like, ask for the birth date. And I'm like, 
get we don't need the the birthday what is it you really want to know like we legally need to know this person is 16 or over so that we can legally handle this person's data why don't we just have a little toggle that says are you 16 you know what i mean and if you're not then maybe there's some kind of other flow but they're like oh no because we want to send them an email on their birthday and blah 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 and then i (laughs) i i I hate those emails one, I don't fucking think those emails provide value for anybody. Yeah, I haven't seen any data. Maybe you know this more with from the analytics world, but I don't. I have never seen any kind of data that supports this idea that sending an email on someone's birthday actually does something for your image or your conversion rate or any kind of thing. I've never well, seen anything around that. The more happy birthdays I get on, on my birthday, the happier Woo-hoo! I get. Oh, there you are. Yeah, and but. <laughs> Everywhere that your birth date is stored, mm. especially if it's stored in the same place as your name and your email address, that's a hacker's wet dream. Mm-hmm. They can take that's like identity theft. Huge. So every place where your where your birthday is is leaving your your leaving you vulnerable like to to identity theft. Someone can take that and have a credit card in your name, and uh, a smart hacker could turn that into a driver's license and they can go commit crimes and then you go to jail for someone else's crimes like this these things happen mm-hmm. and when i have these talks with these marketeers i'm like are you sure that it's really are you like for maybe for this person let me back up for a second what bothers me about it is that the risk is being taken by someone else yes for the marketeers let's say perceived gain mm-hmm. yes and this is where i think the like risk and benefit space is diffused. It's not the same person who's getting the benefit that's giving the risk. Um, it's, it's separate. But what you were talking about is that when we collect data, we have to give something of value in return that the value exchange is an equitable and fair one. Um, but I think some transparency and, and risk understanding is there too, because no one, I don't think maybe like nine out of, or one out of every hundred people that you would ask on the street would understand that giving their their birth date somewhere is dangerous. No yep. one would understand that. Yep. But still, yeah, they put themselves under a risk. Pretty high. Huh? One out of a hundred. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. like one out of a thousand. Or something I've never like that. thought of it that way. Yeah. So I'm 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 curious what what y'all think. I mean, you especially, but like the rest of both <laughs> all of you as well. Here um, comes a Texas kid again. What I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mississippi boy. <laughs> all right, all right. Act yourself, Street. I actually these these kind of conversations ha- happen a lot, and mm. and also within our company, and it even goes so far into politics, where uh, if something like this happens, or something somebody from marketing wants that, then we say, hey, this is an this is an additional risk. Let's uh, let's let's uh, inform the legal team and and get them on board, and and then you have a discussion with people that actually know from their own expertise what what the exact risk is and the exact gain is and then cool. and then you make yeah. an assessment and then it's basically oh risk is not that risk is not that high at all uh gain is uh, is a lot so for the company but also for the user okay let's go for it but if that risk is is high in any in or medium even in any <laughs> any mm-hmm. any case you just don't do it like it's not the way that 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 it should should happen but nice uh, yeah um i think these these things have evolved Mm-hmm. beyond a designer's uh, common knowledge. It's not what we're trained for. And, and yeah, uh, if, you, if you're really stuck, just uh, get, a, get a lawyer present or somebody <laughs> that really knows what they're doing. Because yeah. that, it's, it's an expertise. It's a job on its own. And, yeah. 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 So when you say it's not what we're trained for, like, but what specifically isn't what we're trained for? The, um, to to um, assess the... The, basically, the legal risk, right, uh, of or security a, risk, or, or security risk, and then you have a uh, yeah, somebody that uh, somebody in IT or security director or somebody like that that can assess the situation or the your flow or any anything. So mm. yeah, yeah. a lot of the onboarding flows that we create in our apps um, are basically also QA'd or proof proof read by somebody from legal. Ah. Like, mm. yeah, okay, makes sense, and that often is just one minute. Yeah, of course. The, it's just, it's just good. It feels, yeah. it feels great. <laughs> it, it feels like cool. you ticked off something proper. Yeah, just, yeah. just do it. Um, I had a, I had actually a, a cool thing that happened in my mind when my when I was listening to this. See what happened? Ah. I, I turned my head and the mic, <laughs> ah, the yeah, audio yeah. dropped. No, but I had a cool thing going on in my mind um, when listening to this conversation. And basically, the question that I had in my mind was, okay, why is the last couple of years privacy 
such an issue. Two words. Mm. Edward Snowden. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Or three words. The prison program. Yes, but it's it's in- becoming an <laughs> increasing well. bigger... I know this, but it's becoming an increasing bigger thing. And I think one of the reasons being uh, that all the devices and the things that we use are becoming closer to our hearts as well. So mm-hmm. this, this phone that I'm holding in my hand is like almost like ingrown into my own skin. So it's like yeah, well, it's that's, becoming that's in such your a... Case. <laughs> I rest my case. No, but <laughs> it's it's like becoming it's it's such a part of our lives, yeah. and it's it's becoming um, uh, an even more integral part mm-hmm. of our lives yeah. uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, and and therefore privacy as itself is, is becoming a bigger thing as well. So yeah. I was like, okay, how do we now talk to each other as human beings, and how will we do that, and how we, we will we like reconcile reconcile with each other or check with each other if we're okay okay in in doing such things. Yeah. That's basically what you're doing with the whole privacy checkup yeah. that you're now doing with, for instance, new features or asking for additional info or... Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of a funny... Do you mind if I connect what you just said with something that Short said earlier? Yeah. So, Go Short, you mentioned that um, being transparent and showing people that you that you care about privacy and actually doing it in the right way and having a solid onboarding flow is, is very important. And I think... What a lot of people, especially like designers or marketeers or maybe other people, a lot of people see privacy as a limitation. They see it as this challenge or this legal hurdle that they have to get over. But I see privacy as this huge opportunity to be able to show people that we that they can trust us. Like if we do a, if we do a little bit better hmm. than what the law requires us to do, which actually um, when Tom and I met, we were working on a project where we were we were basically gdpr compliant before there was a gdpr because we were working with someone from legal and uh, a a business partner it was super cool but basically this idea of like we care about you so much that we are gonna make sure that you understand what's going on that for me i would i don't think there's any research on this but i i have the feeling that that could really create a very strong love relationship between people and the services that they that they use you're 100 percent right uh, yes, and um, so so we, 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 we again, please. No. You you are one hundred percent right. So so uh, basically, it's recorded, um, Ryan. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so so yeah, we 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 have we have apps that also collect data. So mm-hmm. it's it's this very um, sensitive thing that we build and what we do, and we do that uh, in sixty countries around the world. So basically, we have GDPR going on worldwide nice. so, so even before ccpa and these things come into action in in the us we, we are good uh from a legal point of view mm-hmm. then for apps you also have platform compliance that's even that goes even further than legal compliance and then what we have done on top of that is we have created data collection principles hmm. so uh, other companies like like facebook or google or um, slightly bigger companies, they have these principles where they um, communicate that they are doing a step further than just obeying the law. So basically what yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can see these principles more as beliefs. And you also agree on these beliefs internally. And that works not only for the projects that you build, but also for an internal motivation. Like, yes. Yes, we're in the, the data collection business, but we we feel this is the right way to do it, yeah. and 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 that really works um, uh, for, um, yeah, also for for the people that work with us. Yeah, sounds like a razor fine line to to be ta- like dancing on this like line between collecting enough data and information so that you can make informed decisions, like you mentioned earlier, that you're not just uh, making design decisions from intuition that could be wrong or could be uh, doing something bad, and on the other side balancing this this data gathering with like mitigating risk and not violating privacy and stuff that's sounds really it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy balancing act yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah that's what that's <clears throat> why we don't have a lot of competitors because <clears throat> we um we don't grow at all costs or we or we don't create a product that does everything uh, on the uh how do you call that the the not the benefit of the consumer, the, the over the neck of the consumer, basically. Right. At the <laughs> like cost of the, 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 the cost of, Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so um, 
we basically take a step back and we think like, is this the right thing? Let's go slower. And then, and then just, we just go slower then. Is that maybe like also a, um, the fact that you can take it slower, is that maybe a position of luxury, so to say? Yeah. Uh, Yes, as well. But also we see that companies that go faster, Mm -hmm. uh, they get punched in the face by legislation or, or, or yeah of course or they're cutting corners th- uh, yeah they're cutting yeah exactly they're cutting mm-hmm. corners and then it's also break things jinx you mentioned podcast. Facebook earlier oh. uh, I was curious to hear like what what the principles of what their data gathering principles are from us well you said you mentioned Facebook yeah. you said companies like Facebook have yeah, principles yes. around how they gather data you were I, just like they have principles. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. It's like okay. earn money at all I will, costs. No, I will share some links with you guys, and you can put it in the show notes. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Thanks. So some some examples of these principles that we yeah, the, cool. the listeners know what you're, what we're talking about. Nice. Cool. Also, when uh, listeners know what you're talking about, you've described a little bit what App Annie does, but um, can you give like a concrete example of how your customers benefit from your services? Yes, of course. Um, so basically, we have a couple of um, um, company types that we work for. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, there was what a lot of game publishers that used us huh. to to see uh, also how their own game was was doing, but especially how their competitors were doing. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, how mo- how much is my competitor downloaded in that country, or how much revenue uh, did did my competitors uh, gross in uh, in December? Wow! Yeah. Like, like is that is that the platform thing you mentioned? Yes, that's that's okay. that's the that's the platform. That's so the like store Xbox intelligence. Or yeah. is that the platform or Apple no, o- or only only mobile? So so oh, right. so so Apple, ah. uh, iOS, Android. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Windows and, back in the day, and then basically we have uh, usage intelligence. So that's mm-hmm. more uh, on the behavior side. So active users, retention, sessions, uh, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. then um, also eye tracking information and stuff like that. No, right? we don't. We no? don't. We don't have that oh. yet. <laughs> no, that's yet. something that okay. will be awesome. And then the last thing is uh, yeah, marketing intelligence information about how apps are marketed. Uh, uh, and and how the yeah basically how the acquisition uh, looks like mm-hmm. and 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 that means that basically full circle you have your uh, analytics in pl- place on the, in the full uh, right. life cycle of your app and also of your competitors. Cool. Now of course this this is you're quite successful at this so um, there's definitely some secrets going on but how like very maybe straightforward simply how how the hell do you get that data? Uh, yeah, so we have a couple of ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for, for a couple of these data points, we we scrape. We we basically they take a snapshot of the app stores every day ah. in every country for all apps for Holy the past shit. past ten years. Wow! Uh, we, and we store that. And but that data collection is only one piece. And then we basically uh, we normalize, clean it up, and then we have a big data science team that actually does the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, because on that intelligence platform that we have, nothing is are, is an actual number. It's all estimated. Hmm. Uh, where wow. it's more about the trend mm. uh, in the data than the actual number. It's 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 slightly off. Yeah. yeah. Um, then on the usage side, we have our own apps. Um, so so we have owned apps and partners that we work with. So we we have an SDK uh, with measurement technology inside. Software development kit, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but that was that was what I meant. I had like heat maps in my mind that I would look at in App Any, but those weren't eye tracking data that was like like app usage data i think oh yeah we, we we basically we have heat maps in our tables so you can see what uh, what the spikes are in, exactly in, in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. data yes and you're yeah, talking right. about your time at philips right when you yeah, use yeah, this yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, okay. um the time that i worked for uh, the hue app at philips we used app any as well yeah cool uh yeah and then we, yeah we have also data partners uh so we have uh, partners that have apps or publishers that that use our sdk but we also have other ways that we uh, yeah, buy data that we miss. Uh, partnerships on truth data that we use. That's actual data that we use to train our models. Uh-huh. So we need to know the truth in order to estimate <laughs> estimate the truth. Mm, basically, yeah, it's out there. Um, uh, and then, yeah, basically, uh, it gets very complex now. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, th- these were some of the the ways that we do it. Oh, it's not, well. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was uh, very enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a little bit earlier, I think about fifteen minutes. Uh, fifteen minutes ago, we were talking about um, 
basically that the value exchange of of gathering data versus value for well like i said value exchange right so um that that needs to be fair has there how has that changed over the last years has it changed yes <laughs> yeah i think in every industry not even it but every industry first it starts with the wild west right mm-hmm. like there are no rules and you just go and you go fast and and yeah. you and you, and you break stuff and because it doesn't really matter if you break stuff and and you 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 shoot each other that was a long long time ago uh-huh. <laughs> mm. figure figure of speech um what are maybe. you talking about figure of speech <laughs> maybe <laughs> exactly um and then when 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 stuff goes wrong uh, or bad press happens and that kind of stuff they're oh oh we're not going to do that and then uh. like rules come up and it goes even so far to legislation like that's the extreme part where things yeah like cambridge analytica those are so extreme that we need rules yeah to to make sure that it doesn't happen again and when it happens there will be consequences mm. so basically you know i think in every um industry and in every every type of business um it starts with the wild west and it ends with a curated system with rules and and it's just uh, i think it's uh, it's 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 this life cycle of uh, um yeah how far along are we on the on the mobile front yeah so so in terms of apps mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think the the first iphone then then that was the the era that the smartphone was introduced I think we talk about 2008, 2009, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So it's only 10 years. Uh, and um, yeah, so far it has been pretty straightforward with just a phone. And and now we're going to these weird foldable screens yeah. and that kind of stuff. So for, <laughs> for, the, easily. for the actual interface or visual designers, good yeah. luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Making, yeah making that stuff scalable. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, then then where where we think as AppAny that that's that this will, will go is that your your mobile phone will continue to exist for at least uh, several uh, years to come, but it becomes more of this thing that you have in your pocket and it connects to just everything. So to your car, to your mm-hmm. TV, to your, yeah, basically yeah. the internet of things. Would You guys also have been talking about that thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the fourth uh, industrial oh, right, revolution, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, your, and your smartphone is just the thing that you happen like to have on you. It's like a personal beacon. It's your hub. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, if we can measure that and give insights on that, that's that's still very valuable. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you, I've I've like the the the, the developers that I work with. Um, most of them, when we when we have a discussion on this topic, they go into ah, well, native apps. You're not really talking about native apps anymore. We're <laughs> we're more shifting towards web in general, and that's how we how we port our apps towards iOS. Or what do you think? Um. Yeah, that's uh, also a, a a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, why you're here. I can give you my opinion on a matter. Go for it, please, please. Yeah, uh, I think uh, native is uh, is far superior than any hybrid version of of an app. Um, um, but <laughs> then here comes my uh, caveat. It's also uh, it depends on what you want to do with your app, right? So if you're just uh, an API reader, like uh, for instance, like Facebook or like uh, mm-hmm. any news uh, site, then yeah, go ahead, uh, create this uh, React Native web thingy that just connects to your API, reads the messages, and displays some nice UI. But if you want to utilize the power of your smartphone and All and right. go go deep in, in into that OS layer and 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 piggyback on that, go yeah, then you need native code to uh, use the A13 Bionic. Uh, there you go. Oh, yeah, exactly. Is that overclocked? Uh, <laughs> is, is it, uh, no, 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 no. Now it has skin tissue and human fibers. To, uh, <laughs> oh, in case, in case you're li- listening, you don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the chip inside the iPhone, right? Yeah, the iPhone yep. 11 oh. Pro. Oh, yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, Bye-bye it's pretty it. OP or overpowered. So it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it a is. really cool chip. It's just a little person sitting inside the phone pulling levers and shit. And what, what is the bionic thing? Is it's it a marketing? Yeah, probably. It has to do with the artificial. They have like a, a, a separate cluster of 
thing or like transistors that do AI stuff mm. and then it's marketing uh, like but that. it's better than <laughs> you know like for example I saw a video earlier um, about the AirPods right the wireless toothbrushes oh, right. that yeah. you can stick in your ear <laughs> but Sony has like very good competitors but they call it the Sony WMF 1000 yes. XF something yeah. it's yeah. like AirPods or the Sonys it's just marketing right yes. the A13 Bionic yeah. yep awesome. yeah true do you mind if I bring the conversation back to something you said earlier as well? Sure, go cool. ahead. Because you mentioned um, about growth that that you don't want to grow too fast, and if you uh, like as a company or as an organization, you find that you're doing something um, that might have at least a medium risk, you, you're already like, no, let's let's not worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked earlier also about the the difference between the, like a, you mentioned that that App Annie is a scale up, so I would like to ask you what that means in the context of the growth that you mentioned earlier um, and how does a scale up like differ from a startup differ yeah. from a stay up for example I love that question thanks wow <laughs> but um, quick, but so, so on the, on the growth on the growth part where, yeah. where we were where we we're talking about earlier was be careful with uh, anything that um, yeah um, involves risk on the legal side so mm-hmm. so go go slow on that uh, when it comes to uh, collection of uh, personal information, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that that any company should go slow, uh, go fast. That uh, always has my preference because <laughs> it's just cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we also have lots of other initiatives that we do that go very fast. Uh, it's it's just when it comes to data collection, you need just need to know what you're doing and and be be mindful of that. So I just wanted to say that quickly. Fair enough. Um. Well, yeah. When it comes to uh, a startup or, or, or a scale-up, um, you basically um, startup starts from starts from nothing, goes very fast, fails fast. Um, um, it tries to yeah grow as as fast as possible. Um, and 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 the thing they're do they're doing is always yeah uh, related to the core. Uh, I think. Um, where we are now is basically where we're more established. We we are already uh, nine years old. Uh, <laughs> we we call ourselves a scale up, and what what we mean with that we are we are an established company uh, that is pre IPO, uh, and and we basically um, yeah have a monopoly when it comes to uh, mobile data, uh, and and we basically yeah grow from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, our, our value propositions have been validated. Uh, I think that is something that you do when you are a, a, a startup, and you do that also by gaining rounds and 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 that kind of stuff. Then you validate, yeah, the thing that I'm doing is is great, and now we're getting ready for uh, yeah for for the next chapter. And yeah, I don't know what what why why I would call it like that. That's just the the term that people use in our company Makes to sense. to identify our hmm. position in the market. I've it was never, like, it's like a phase after startup, I guess. Yes. You're, you're, you've graduated from the startup phase to the scale-up Ding phase. Ding. I've never heard of your stay-up. Yeah, because uh, you ah. mentioned this term a lot, but is yeah. it a broad term? Broadly known I term? will come back to it after this question that's related. So you mentioned pre-IPO. So does that mean that there's the intention to go IPO? Like that's the, basically the, the goal of what's going on now? Or is that just, you just like... Is it gonna go IPO? It's, it's not. It's not my decision. It's not. Yeah. It's also not my. It's not my company. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sadly. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, this, that is one of the, the possible outcomes mm-hmm. of of a of a company like this. The, or you, you uh, or you merge, or you get acquired, yeah. or you you go IPO. It is. Um, it is an exit strategy. Uh, you can also just, um, yeah, grow to a. Uh, maybe that's a, that's a stay up where you basically grow to a certain position that you're comfortable. You make you make you're profitable and you just continue to to roll like that. Um, yeah, that, that's 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 the, the last option. But I I think a lot of companies so uh, li- like ours they 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 they, they want to move they want to move forward. Yeah. Okay, Tom. You no, no, no. I was thinking about the word stay up. So that yeah. would indeed. Mean that you're that you're basically a startup grown into a very comfortable position, but not going into either IPO or 
um, take over or anything like that. You're just happy yeah. where you are, and that's that's what you go. Like or, you, you've been past the point of, yeah. of calling yourself a scale up or startup or anything else, and then we're so done with this. Yeah, maybe we're, or, we're, we're comfortable where we are. It's it's yeah. We're staying my, here. My understanding of it. So I have I have this term from the um, Small Tech Foundation, Arl mm. uh, Balkan and uh, Lara Kalbach. They started this together, and it's it's basically a, a sort of. Um, ideological answer or opposite of big tech. So it's small tech. That's why they call it that, which makes sense. And so there, the, the, from the way I understand it is that um, a stay up is a company that, uh, I mean, you, you summarized it pretty well, actually. It's, there's no exit strategy and the goal isn't growth at all costs to make as much money as you can at the exit. It's more like we're not going to exit. We're creating this company to add some kind of value to the world and we just want to keep it sustainable. Yep. And so it's not about growth. It's about sustainable, sustaining kind of where you are. Like you said, Tom, we've reached a point or we're getting to a point where we can keep it going yeah. and maybe growth a little bit. If yeah, it of makes course. sense, but not growth at all costs. It's also no. like, it sounds like principles, like, like a certain principle, sure. right? Yeah. It's like acting out of those, like a vision or principles. Yeah. And so uh, the, from what I understand, I, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this, but from what I understand from, from the from their like positioning on this is that as a stay up the focus is more long term it's not like a lot of startups i'm not saying app any is this you know i'm, I'm saying that other startups especially in silicon valley their whole thing is i want to make a billion dollars in a short amount of time i want to be a unicorn sell it to somebody and go fuck off and uh to new zealand and build a bunker for the apocalypse or whatever you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what what happens there is that these Companies become incredibly powerful and then they, they, they move as fast as they want and they break all kinds of shit and, and just for the pursuit of money and the exit and then, um, and that's it. And they end up fucking up more than they actually, uh, the good that they actually do. But a yeah. stay up is focused in the opposite direction where we don't need to grow. It's more like let's So make they're some not stuff. necessarily focusing on earning more money and getting more, 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 they're but they're focusing value. on value and helping with whatever servers or product that they have. Well, okay. So ideally, yes, it would be a helpful thing, but you could have potentially a stay up that fucks people over, but they're in a very sustainable way. Shell stay up until, <laughs> right? Like Shell doesn't have an exit strategy. <sighs> you could say it like that, but it's a, it's a public yeah. company, right? No, they're, a, yeah. is they're, they're is a layup. private? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just threw a sure. big name in Patagonia there. would be one. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very sustainable company. Yeah, one of the I think the the founder of Patagonia wrote a book about this, and they they had to fire one of uh, one of their CEOs once because the oh, CEO yeah. was just all about growth and opening yeah. stores over to place. And we're like, dude, rain it back, <laughs> chill out. Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So that Which kind of I, stuff. I don't I don't know yet where where it will go. We're, we're already a lot of startups like these unicorns. Sometimes they're just two or three years old, and they get they get sold for one or two uh, billion yeah. dollars. Like what? Yeah, and um. Yeah, we're all already doing this for 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 ten years, and we're we are here to stay. Um, cool. But the the idea is eventually to become a uh, a sort of a Switzerland when it comes to mobile market data that people ah. can just trust us. And and that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's it's just the the um, we're often say our unofficial slogan. Exactly. I like, I like we're a cool tagline. Yeah. App any the Switzerland of app marketing. Uh, what? Of data. Marked intelligence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're often quoted in 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 tons of blogs, but also in, um, uh, uh, for instance, the 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 earning calls of, for instance, Apple. Their quarterly, uh, holy shit, a, a messaging is like uh, based on data from Abeni. Uh, th- this is what uh, huh. what apps have grossed in. They they that's cool. They use it um, yeah. to 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 uh, inform their customers, but also their stakeholders. So it's. Wait, so you uh, have more information than the platform itself? Uh, we, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes and no. We have more information that is available when right. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because basically you're into correlating stuff as well. So in that sense, you're able to generate more insight into the data that they probably have themselves as well. Yes, I think, uh, yeah. And, and especially wow. we have, we also have Androids. So for, that's also what, yeah. why it's interesting for, yeah. for instance, Apple, which is a big customer mm. from us as well, it's like, hey, wh- how are we doing, or how is our platform performing? Yeah, next to next to Android. So who's doing it better? Wow, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wink indeed. NDA. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Two questions. <laughs> oh. Nothing to do with this. One, oh. where does the name App Annie come from? Oh, good one. Wow. Difficult question. Uh, oh. it, it started It started as, uh, I believe, App Nanny. Uh, basically, there was this lady, this superhero lady, that can teach you everything about apps that you wanted to know. Uh, uh, but it was a kind of nurturing lady, this teacher, so it, so it became the nanny. Ah. App nanny, and that just sounded very weird because only people in in the states or or English speaking person people mm. would know what it is. Yeah. Uh, so then it became App Annie, and Annie be- was this lady. Now we have rebranded since since a couple of um, weeks now, and Annie is gone. Oh, she is completely gone. The name is still there, App Annie. Oh, you're not just App now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be yeah. powerful. Yeah, that would be powerful. <laughs> yes. App anything. It's now. <laughs> and it's just yeah it's 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 been a name it's uh people yeah. know us by that yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we, we cool. thought about also changing the name but it's just the the, the recognition of the yeah. of our brand is yeah. just too high Makes and sense. it works app analytics there you go wow yeah, yeah. it's very subconscious like that <laughs> it's your friendly neighborhood analytics company i like that cool yes. man yes what was your second question my second question is um you're a, you're a gamer, right? This week or was it first of October? Call of Duty Mobile release had a, a record breaking uh, number of downloads, right? According to App Annie. Well, I mean, I don't know. Was it according to you? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Okay. I actually don't Sorry, know. Sorry, that was this... a stupid joke. Now, please continue your question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> forgive I, I, my interjection. Um, where does this question go? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this? Right, because we've seen. PUBG, then Fortnite, and they've each broken their own records, and now Call of Duty, which is just mind-boggling. What are your sorry, noob? What is PUBG? Noob player or? unknown battle, player unknowns battlegrounds. Like um, it's a battle royale type game, okay. which is which you can play on your mobile phone now because the A11 Bionic, whatever, was huh, so chip. powerful. A13 yeah. Bionic, superficial skin tissue chip, Bionic. But anyway, how do you feel about this stuff? Like, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, I feel... Um, personally, I have nothing with mobile gaming. Hmm. Like, my girlfriend does it more, like, their puzzle, puzzle games than, than I. I. I prefer console gaming. I just want to lie on the couch, big big screen. Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption, free roaming. I'm just too slow to go online against these little kids. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, it's actually that generation that that picks up mobile gaming very fast, and then it's this younger generation that does these mobile games on their phone is just the next platform uh, that become now become powerful mm. enough because of the bionic chips, right? Yeah, um, to to run these games, right? So it started with little little platformer games and Snake and 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 and, and now Snake, now, dude. Now <gasps> the your phone is as 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 um, as fast as your uh, laptop almost, yeah, like. like Wow. Um, so 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 it can run these games and and especially for on the road and yeah. What I feel from it, I think it's absolutely um, yeah, insane. Uh, yeah, how big that market is, and right. especially uh, the ad- the advertisement market because mm. these games are free, free to download, free yeah. to play. Um, but if I want a little uh, add-on on my gun or something like that, mm, or you skin. Have to, you have to pay like seventy cents, but yeah. those microtransactions they happen, and then there, are, yeah, some of the monetization models are different. There, they are based on ads, and mm-hmm. that's even way bigger than than this. Really? Huh. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the budgets to create create these games it started with these indie developers, right? And and then yeah, the the, the game studios also had a mobile division to start doing this, but now these teams yeah. are as big as as a Hollywood movie production. So the the budgets for these games are also uh, Pretty, Huge. pretty, pretty significant. Did yeah. That, did that start with Rovio? Oh, Ro- Rovio is, 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 yeah. is one of the first big uh, publishers. Yes, from uh, Angry Birds. Yeah. Cool. Wait, because so what you said, um, so that you're saying like this whole new market, right, of young people, um, and I think recently, especially in Belgium and the Netherlands and France, you've seen these, I think, uh, court cases about loot boxes. Right. Yes. You mm. mentioned it already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that stuff when we're talking about privacy, but like influencing young kids? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a thin thin line that still needs to be um, decided upon how we move forward with that. Um, 
it is a very it, it is this very core group of of young gamers that are also easily influenced so mm-hmm. it's it's it needs some mindfulness to 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 uh, design for that as well design yeah. for that exactly um yeah, I, I, yeah. I, what I, I don't know what what to think of that. But what's your opinion? Do you have you're about to I have think, two kids now? Yes. No. No. Yeah. The, the, my opinion is uh, to to also yeah basically for their parents also to set boundaries, boundaries. for them. Yeah. They they don't know. So make sure that there's a, a lock on on the when you want to purchase something that parents right. or at least when your kid is 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 young, make sure that they cannot uh, buy something. Yeah, yeah. In other ways, just duct tape their hands together, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. But also set um, set um, boundaries on time because yeah, these yeah, kids yeah, yeah. they play like yeah. five hours a day, and that's not really healthy. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think it's also to the to the parents to yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to to do that. The, the The biggest group of people that is growing when mm-hmm. it comes to mobile gaming is is not these young guys that that play modern warfare. It's actually the the casual gamer. So. It's our girlfriends. It's our mothers. It's our, it's huh. our yeah, even grandma that plays Word Feud. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the the digital version of Scrabble, basically. Oh, yeah. Like these kind of games that these are these are top of the line and actually, um, yeah, growing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? You mentioned female figures. <laughs> there is that is that an actual like measured statistic? That yes. It? Yes. It's, wow. it's it's actually a. Um, my mom uh, has two apps on her on her devices, which are Word Feud and I think one other puzzle blocks popper game thingy. Yeah. <laughs> so so for instance, you you have this um, uh, puzzler uh, called Tomb Blast, which is a uh, it looks like Candy Crush. Uh, also Candy Crush. If you look at the design, it's tailored towards female. Lots of pink, lots of happy bubbly huh. characters. And for instance, Tomb Blast, which was that looks. The same, if you ask me. Same game <laughs> mechanics, and then they had Ryan Ryan Reynolds, the mm. the, the handsome actor. Yeah, uh, he did the commercials for that. Yep, and it's brilliantly casted because oh, yeah. guys actually like him. Like, mm. hey, pretty funny dude, but girls love him because he's so sexy, and that and and yeah, a lot of girls now also downloaded it because of Ryan Reynolds. And wow, him, yeah. damn. Hmm. Yep. If I can go back like two minutes when you said that. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more time on the clock. We're going to um, hit that two-hour mark, people. Yeah, no. Just keep going. Um, th- so about the um, kind of the loot box situation, do you see, you said that like the last word hasn't been said about that. Do you see that the data that you collect on this is also influential in this process towards publishers um, or developers? Yeah, but I don't think, yes, I know. No. I, I don't think... <laughs> So, so people use our tools, for instance, to for their own yeah, analytics sake to see what kind of loot boxes work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think as a, a analytics tool, we we don't provide consultancy how people should move forward with that. It's still right. their own game, and uh, so they they need to make those decisions internally. What what they do with that data? Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting, though. Uh, yes, like white papers. It's a bit app, app nanny again, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So, so then it would come to, um, uh, yeah, uh, for instance, a, a blog post that we could write on on that. It, it, it's some, it's a little bit more tutoring, yeah, than it is uh, providing data. Because right. if you're want to be the Switzerland of data, you also need to need to be able to say, hey, here's your insight, here's your data, mm, go do and, whatever and, you want with and, it. Yes, yeah, actually, yes, exactly. Here's your like. Here's your gasoline. I don't care if you drive two two hundred miles an hour with it or fifty, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's. But how uh, does that line up with what we talked about earlier? Where I, I get a sense that as Abani and and you as a person as well, you you have a sense of responsibility. So how does remaining neutral and still having this sense of responsibility combine? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a hard one. I think that. Also, with our data collection principles and, and our way of thinking of yeah, basically a sustainable uh, future of data collection and, and also data gathering. Mm. Um, yeah, we have some insights on how to do this properly. When it comes to game mechanics, then we are not the the guru or the, the specialist that, that will say, you should do that or you shouldn't do that. You can derive that from, from our data. But we don't want to take that yeah, yeah. take that role. 
Um, it's just um, that's a hard one. The loot, yeah, the loot box situation yeah. is a hard one. Yeah. Right? There's so much money to be made. It's mm. it's 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 this money. It's a money thing. Yeah, it's 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 nothing else. Yes. I've I've got a couple of more questions one or two i know we're almost out of time but <laughs> well the now we have you, now we have you here sure that we're, we're gonna completely drain you the door's locked um <laughs> no you're, one's going out <laughs> so <laughs> you're you're your ux director right and um what for instance something that happened to me a year ago is that at a certain moment i got people reached out to me and we're like yeah we're looking for a ux lead um and that in that moment in time i wasn't uh, feeling mature or ready enough to take that role. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not going to be able to, probably I'm, I'm a good listener and I'm able to to listen really well to the people in my team. But if I really have to go into coaching and, and like ramping them up towards their next step, I'm not going to be able to do that yet. Um, how, um, how do you know? When do you know? Um, how did that happen within your own situation? And and um, what are your really fast tips and tricks when it comes to having your own team and managing and guiding him? Yeah, so, so you have one thing is go, you go from basically I see so individual contributor, you a actual designer to a, a manager. Yeah. And that's, basic, that's, that's a choice. Uh, so... Uh, they're very senior designers that just want to make awesome stuff. You also said, like, I just want to make make awesome stuff. So decide for yourself, um, I just want to do that and become a design expert on the, on the, on the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Or I, I really le- like coaching other people. I get a lot of energy to, to show them how I've done, uh, 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 let them learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like strategy a lot. Like, I, I, I'm going for that management um yeah branch basically and mm-hmm. that, that's a choice like if you if you make up your mind you can apply for a, a junior design manager role or a team leads and then you would also be a designer that would also coach other designers and that and that's where it starts mm-hmm. that's a, and um yeah so that is a choice mm-hmm. <laughs> um then basically um you have to be comfortable uh in um having uh, experts uh, and even younger experts than yourself being better at <laughs> designing than than you, and then figure out how still to to give them something of value. Yeah, um, and that is not in the pixels or the vectors or the colors. Often that is more in things like consistency or systems thinking or communication or basically that's the stakeholder management, right? Yeah. So hmm. yes, it's a very awesome design, but you're you presented it in a way. That people didn't didn't really get it, right? You should start with the why, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. so um, yeah, if you if you li- really like these things, then then you you are certainly fit uh, for for that for the, that management uh, piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any tips? Not <laughs> not really. Make sure that uh, make sure that you don't lose touch with 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 actual designing. Continue to. To do so, know what you're talking about. Um, um, yeah, work on your be- people skills as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's actually the most important. Especially you, Tom. Piece. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really need to work on my people skills. I know. I know. Yeah. As an influencer, you can get a little bit cocky. Ooh. I'm not an influencer. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> Damn. I mean, some brands pay me to like wear their stuff and then post it on Instagram, but I'm not an influencer. No, no. they don't. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, if you want to test out, like, is this something for me? Like, design management or, or design leadership starts uh, st- starting your own company. There, there always there, there might be ju- more junior designers than yourself. Uh, like, have a one-on-one with them each week, uh, uh, critique each other, but you take the more mature stance in that. <laughs> uh, also, you have to be able to get. Uh, receive feedback very well, yeah. but, but also give feedback very well. So it needs to be constructive every time. Uh, doesn't matter how crappy a design is. How how can we turn it around in something something good? Yeah. Um, and start there. Uh, and then basically, those designers can give you feedback. They're your colleagues. So hey, oh. hey, uh, you actually did well there, or thank you for this. And next time, could you also spend some time on this? And then and then you would grow the, those. Yeah, 
Yeah. Those areas. That's some excellent cool. tips. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, cool. I think that's a good note to end the show. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Before we end, mm-hmm. is it, does anyone have any wrapping up questions? Or things they want to share, shout outs they want to give? This is your moment to shine, Shul. Oof. Yeah. Well, uh, a shout out. A shout out. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to, to my, my pregnant girlfriend who is basically, uh, Guarding the fort and, yeah. and, and, and keep, yeah. keeping the baby in, about like to pop. I yeah. think that we uh, that yes. we, round of appreciation. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Definitely, there, there we cool. go. I think all all successful designers they they have a a successful uh, um, home situation as well, or a successful social life as well. That that really empowers their uh, their gift to uh, hmm. to to doing this to uh, humanity as well. Yeah, like the, you also have to understand how life works to mm-hmm. be a, to be a good designer. I think like you have to. You cannot be this this guy. Like I'm all alone and I want to design. Like, like just pushing pixels all day and not understanding the context around what those pixels are. going to There do. you go. Yeah, there you go. Totally agreed. Well said, man. That's, that's yeah. That's such a, such a good ending. Yeah. Holy shit, Tom. Over yes. you. And now we're going live over to Tom Reinhardt. Turning oh, to my left. Oh, man, yeah. So, uh, obviously, I'm going to again do our socials. You can hit us up not at Shots of Twitter, but at Shots of Purpose on Twitter. That's confusing. And then, Not at Shots of Purpose. Okay, sorry. Not at Shots, not of, at Twitter. shots of Twitter. No, exactly. So, where can so, I find us? On Twitter, and our at is Shots of Purpose. Uh, and then you can drop us an email as well at sop at purposedesign.nl. Sweet. Cool. All Thanks right. a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's great Thank having you for you. being uh, here. Yeah, sure. thanks, yeah. Sure. Yeah, was, And best, awesome. best wishes for you and your girlfriend and yeah. your family. Thank you so forward. much. Have yes. everybody figured out the name? Yes. Cool. All right. Is it Annie? <laughs> Sorry. No, it was, it was going to be a boy. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, a boy, yeah. So what? So I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well. Uh, see you next time. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. Emna Breda. Howdy!